reach out and touch him. Reach out and touch him. If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Mark, chapter 5, a very familiar scripture we'll be using this morning as our text. And while you're turning there, let me say one more time, it's so good to, to have you in the Lord's house today. And I know I may get in trouble for saying this, but it's good to have my son, Adam, and my wonderful daughter-in-law, Catherine, here today as well. And uh, it's good to have you uh, with us. It's good to have the Lord in our presence. Amen? Amen. I love it when he shows up. I hope he always continues to show up. Amen. Mark chapter 5. I want you to look at verse number 21. A lot took place in this, uh, in this chapter. And uh, we're going we're to cover a, a very familiar story that you've, you've read, no doubt, many times. But I want us to talk about it again today. Verse number 21. Now, when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. We need to notice what the word says. Great multitude gathered to him. He was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. Jesus went with him. And a great multitude followed him and thronged him. I want to go ahead and read some other scriptures here. I'm not sure if I gave you that. Bruce or not, but let it, let's continue on. Verse 25 says, Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. He had suffered many things. She had suffered many things from many physicians and, and had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she had heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. I want you to notice that. Jairus came at the front of Jesus and asked him, said, Lord, my, I want you to come. My daughter is lying at the point of death. He was somebody, in other words. He had a title. He had a position. This lady, had, she was nothing. She had no title. She had no position. And so she knew that she couldn't come up in front of the master. So she came behind the crowd and she touched his garment. And this is what she said. If I only may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. If I can just touch his clothes... If I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be okay. This is a familiar story, and the story begins, as you know, in this chapter with a request by Jairus, a ruler of the synagogue. He, as we said earlier, he was somebody in that crowd. People knew this guy. And he came up to Jesus, and he begged Jesus, I want you to understand, Lord, my, my daughter is lying at the, at the point of death, and if you'll come, You'll pray for her. I believe that she'll be okay. And Jesus went with him, the Bible says. And while they were on their way to Jairus' house, they were interrupted by a sick lady. They were interrupted by a sick woman. And then we know in Scripture that after Jesus dealt with this sick lady here, word came that Jairus' daughter had died. And that's later on in the Scriptures that you can go on and read further if you wish. And so the rest of the chapter deals with Jesus going to Jairus' house and raising the daughter from the dead. But I want you to notice this sick woman seemed to be an interruption. It seemed that this was not something that, I mean, he was, he was going to a house of, of the ruler of the synagogue. He was going to this important man's house. And, and this woman seemed to be an interruption, if you will. 
to the story, an inconvenience of even Jarius is because if you have to imagine, this is, this is a father and he's going, uh, going to the house, his daughter, Brother Raines, is lying at the point of death and he finally gets the master's attention and they're on their way, but while they're going, they're interrupted. Now, I don't know about you, but as a father, if my daughter was sick, I don't want anybody to interrupt me if I've got the master coming to heal her, right? I don't want nobody coming between me and, and the point where Jesus is going to touch the little girl and, and heal the little girl. Just stay out of the way. He can take care of your needs later. But right now, it's me. Right now, it's my house. And it was an inconvenience for Jarius. It was a, it was a detour of, of important things in his life. And, and I'm sure that he must have been waiting. And I'm sure that he must have been impatient. And I'm, and I'm sure that he must have been sitting on pins and needles after being interrupted by this, by this sick woman. And after all, his daughter was sick too. And after all, he, he had a problem as well, near death. And, and time was of the essence. He didn't know what was going to be taking place with his daughter. And time was of the essence. And we even see that while Jesus was dealing with this sick woman, that Jairus' daughter did end up dying. And while they were on their way, somebody even came and said, Hey, just want to let you know, don't bother the master anymore because your daughter is dead. Now, we remember that as we go through this, this, this lesson this morning. The miracle that I believe that we're looking at today is sort of like an oversplash, if you will, of a miracle. It's sort of like a, a wayside miracle. I mean, Jesus is on his way to Jairus' house, but this woman come up and interrupted him, and she got part of the blessing. She got part of the healing. She got the splash over, if you will, of, this, of God's grace and God's mercy and God's power. It seems as if she wasn't the focus of the journey that Jesus was on. But Jesus took the time to meet with her and meet her needs as well. You know, sometimes I prepare a message for a particular need. It may be in a, in a church or whatever. And I'll preach and, and deliver that message. And it'll be directed to, to a portion of, of individuals or people, depending on what the service and, and what the event is all about. But, but somebody else may listen to that message and, and get something entirely different from it. They'll get a splash over. They'll get a, they'll get a wayside miracle or a wayside touch, if you will, of the grace and the mercy of the Lord. But I don't want us to dismiss the importance of this sick lady this morning. And I don't want her to treat her as, as merely a parenthesis, if you will, in this, in this story of, of Jairus' and his daughter and his needs. And, and it was the reason this lady was mentioned in, in the Gospels of Matthew and Mark and Luke. And so we understand that it's an important interruption, if you will. And I want us to follow the path of this, of this woman's healing today. I want us to notice, first of all, about her difficulty this morning. Her difficulty. She's not mentioned by name. The Bible doesn't give her a name. It's just the woman that was sick. She'd been sick for 12 years, the Bible says, with some kind of abnormal bleeding condition. And her blood wouldn't clot normally. And, and her constant bleeding caused her to be weak and caused her to be frail and caused her to be tired and just drained of energy. Can I tell you, it's one thing to have a bad day. It's one thing to have a bad week. It's one thing to have a bad month. But this lady had had bad 12 years in her life that she's been trying to get healed. She's been trying to get delivered. 
Under Jewish law, she was considered untouchable. Under Jewish law, I want you to know that she was considered unclean. She was cut off from the rest of society. An outcast, if you will. Uh, She couldn't marry. and, And even if she was married, her condition was grounds for divorce in that day. She couldn't go to the temple to worship. 12 years. Now, don't, don't forget about that. She couldn't socialize. She was an outcast. She, she couldn't get around people. And according to Leviticus, anything or anybody she touched would also be considered unclean. And if touched, that person must wash their clothes. They would take a bath, and they would be considered unclean until the evening ceremony. She infected everybody and everything that she touched. You're talking about a bad day. She was having a bad day and for 12 long years she lived in this isolation and in this condition you know just you need to understand and I know you would agree with me that everybody in here today we all have issues in our life we all have things that we've got to go through it was an issue of blood for her you may have some unresolved issues this morning that even brought you to, to church this morning it could be a could be a physical issue maybe something that the doctors have not been been able to resolve in your life. Maybe it's a financial issue. Maybe you feel overwhelmed and you feel burdened down with financial issues in your life. Maybe it's a social issue. Maybe you're dealing with problems with friends or with family that you just you just seem like you cannot get out of. Maybe it's a spiritual issue this morning. Maybe you've got a sin problem that's simply weighing you down and you cannot get over it. Everybody has issues. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, hey, he's talking to you. And maybe they've been going as long as 12 years like this lady. You've got to ask the question, when did this woman find relief from her issues? She found relief when she fell at the feet of Jesus. She found relief when she touched the hem of his garment. Hallelujah. And that's a good place for us to be today. It's at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. So she had a problem. She, was, she had despair in her life. You see, most people would rather have health than wealth when you really think about it. She was no exception except that she had lost everything. She had lost her health, Brother Roger, and she had lost her wealth as well. She had tried every doctor, the Bible says. She had tried every cure, but it did. It, all it did was to make her sicker and to make her poor. Matter of fact, when you do some research about the, about the healings and all of these things and, and, and the cures of, of certain ailments in the Scriptures, you'll come to find out that in Jewish writings there was 11 different cures for bleeding besides the tonics and besides all the other remedies one cure for the infected was a, was to carry a, the ashes of an ostrich egg in a linen bag in the summer and in a cotton bag during the winter and you're supposed to be healed another cure was to carry around a, a barley corn that was found in the dung of a white donkey you carry that around and you, you're supposed to be healed one scholar even said that one of the common remedies of that day was, was eating grasshopper eggs I don't know how they found them but you can find to eat grasshopper eggs carrying a around the tooth of a fox might even helped you. Carrying around a fingernail of a person who had been hanged may have helped you as well. Common remedies of that day including cutting and burning the infected area. And the Bible says, see we don't think about this a lot of time, but the Bible says this woman sought every available cure and every available doctor but to no avail. That just caused me to think a little bit. She's already infected. She's already unclean. 
But she's got to carry around an ostrich egg in a linen bag or a cotton bag. She's got to eat a fingernail or carry around a fingernail of somebody that's hanged. It's enough to already be unclean, but then you have to ostracize yourself by doing all of these other things. Hello. And so the scripture says she sought every available cure. Can I tell you that people today try all sorts of cures today for their spiritual ailments today? Hello. They'll look to the doctors. They'll look to the stars. They'll look to the astrology signs. They'll look everywhere. Hallelujah. There's even some people that go to Dr. Morality and find out if they can have a cure. What are you talking about, Pastor? Oh, they go to Dr. Morality and they'll try to get on God's good side by living a moral, upright life. And they think that that's okay. They'll go to Dr. Feeling and they'll try to stay on a spiritual high by attending seminars and reading books and Christian concert and listening to preachers. That makes them feel good. And there's nothing wrong with any of that stuff. Understand? But that's not your point of healing today. Your point of healing is just simply to reach out and touch the master. Reach out and if you can't get so close to him other than just the hem of his garment, then do it. Hallelujah. Reach out and touch him. They'll go to Dr. Legality and they'll try to live righteously by obeying the rules and set up by the church and other Christians and, and, and even rules that they've set up for themselves. They'll go to Dr. Church and they'll try to impress God with their church attendance and even their participation in all kind of church activities. And they'll say, look at me, God. Be impressed with me. Heal me, God, because of what I'm doing. That's not the answer. But it was only when she had tried everything else. And boy, this is where we are today, isn't it? It's when she tried everything else. Nothing seemed to work that she turned to Jesus. For 12 years, she had faith in the doctors, but they all failed her. And now she turns her faith toward the Lord, who never fails. You got to understand it wasn't her faith that was the problem. It was the object of her faith. She put her faith in other things. She put her trust in other things instead of the master. But in her desperation, hallelujah, in her desperation, she heard about the Lord. According to Romans 10 and 17, the Bible says, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by what? The Word of God. If you want to have faith, if you want to grow in your faith, get into the Word of God this morning. Amen. And when she heard about Jesus, she heard that others was touched by Jesus. She had heard that others was healed by Jesus. In Luke 6 and 17, she had heard and believed that Jesus could heal her if only she could touch him. If only she could touch him. She had heard about the Lord. She was desperate and she had no other hope. She had no other resources. Her symptoms had started years before Jesus even began his ministry. Think about it. Years before Jesus began his ministry. Maybe while he was still at home. Maybe while he was still under the rule of Joseph and Mary, his mama and daddy. Before he began his ministry... Her disease had took place, and now there was hope, finally. Now this was the last kind of hope, her only hope. But as not everyone, you know, you got to ask a question, hadn't everybody heard about Jesus of that day? And even today, hasn't everybody heard about Jesus? I mean, surely everyone who has entered the doors of pathway has heard about the Lord. I mean, everybody who is in Blava surely has heard about the Lord. I mean, everybody who lives in Mississippi County surely has heard about the Lord. Matter of fact, surely everybody in Arkansas has heard about the Lord. That's what we would think. I mean, how can you live in America? I mean, this was God birthed this nation. How can you live in America and you don't listen or you don't hear about the Lord? I don't know. And I'm not going to question and say who, who has or who hasn't heard about the Lord. But I do know this, that it's your responsibility 
And it's my responsibility to tell people about Jesus wherever we go. You just can't be saved by hearing about Jesus. You've got to give your life to him. Amen. And there may be some who attend church every Sunday and hear about Jesus but have no saving relationship with the one whom they've heard about. Hearing about Jesus is important, but that alone will not heal you. That alone will not save you. Romans 10 and 17 says, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. But Romans 10, 13 also says, For whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. She had heard about Jesus. And then in faith, she went to Jesus. She forgot all about the stuff that she was, that she was, that she was, uh, had to stay home. She forgot about all, all the stuff, the restrictions and all that. She says, I don't care anymore. I've got to the place. I've got to get where the master is. I've got to get where there's hope is. I've got to get to the hymn of his garment I know I can't come up in front of him but maybe I can slip up behind him maybe I can slip up behind Jesus some of y'all need to slip up behind Jesus instead of running away from Jesus some of us need to slip up behind him and just reach out and touch the hem of his garment because I believe this morning that if we'll just touch the hem of his garment brother Sam power would come into our life strength would come into our life healing would come into our life hallelujah salvation would come into our life we tried everything else. Why don't we try Jesus? We tried everything else. John 7, 37 says, If anybody thirsts, let him come to me and drink. In other words, Jesus invites those who don't know him as personal Savior. Come, come. Acts 2 and 21 says, And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be what? Saved. There is nothing to forbid you to come. Well, preacher, you don't know my background. Don't have to. You don't know what I've done. Don't have to. Whosoever will. Whosoever will. Well, you don't know where I've, I don't have to. Make it as bad as you want to. It's still all right. Jesus died for that. He died for that bad stuff. He died for your wrong. He died for your sins. Amen. He's not going to come do it again. He's already done it one time. That was enough. His blood that he shed on Calvary was enough. Amen. And it's enough for you. It's enough for your sin. It's enough for your anguish. Amen. See, this is a dangerous thing. For her to come to Jesus like she did is a dangerous thing of that day. It's amazing that she didn't get stopped even before she got there with the multitude in the crowd. She wasn't supposed to touch anybody. It would contaminate them and maybe they had their focus so much on the Lord they didn't notice this little woman, sick lady, that was slipping up behind him. There was a crowd that had surrounded the Lord. Even by touching the clothes of Jesus, according to law, she would contaminate him. But you've got to understand Jesus didn't matter about that kind of stuff. He touched everybody. Everywhere he went, he touched, them. He, he touched the untouchable. Hallelujah. Thank God he touched you one day. Thank God he touched me one day. We were untouchable. But yet he touched us. Hallelujah. And he saved us and delivered us. Amen. It didn't seem to bother Jesus then. And it, didn't, and it doesn't seem to bother Jesus now. Whosoever will, let him come. Let him be touched by the master. Luke tells us, Luke tells us that she touched the border. Of his garment. She touched the hem of his garment. Jewish rabbis wore a cloak of that day with tassels in each corner at the bottom of, 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 that, of that cloak. And this is what she thought if I could just touch a tassel, if I could just touch the hem. She came up behind him, as we said. She was a nobody. She wasn't Jairus's. She wasn't a ruler of the synagogue. She wasn't nobody. She couldn't approach Jesus as, as Jairus did, but she came up behind him. In other words, she chased him down. That's a message right there in itself. I don't have time to stop right here, but I've got to stop right here, Brother Keith, and just let us know something. 
Sometimes we get tired of chasing Jesus. What are you talking about, Pastor? He don't answer us when we want him to. He doesn't show up when we want him to. He doesn't give us the healing like we think we ought to have. He doesn't respond to us like we think that he should have responded to us. And we get wore down and we get tired of chasing after the Lord. But can I tell you, it just could be that the next time you go after the Lord, it could be that he stops for you. It could be that you reach him enough to touch the hem of his garment. It could be that you're just one step away or one miracle away from your blessing by going after the Lord. Quit, don't, quit, don't stop asking the Lord uh, about, about healing you and about touching you. And don't stop chasing after Jesus if you understand. Keep on keeping on. Amen. Keep on keeping on. She was delivered. She went after the Lord. And the Bible says immediately. Immediately talking about her deliverance. She reached out and she touched the hem of his garment. And immediately, I mean usually somebody was healed when Jesus touched them. Think about it. But this time, somebody touched Jesus. (laughs) Let me stop right here. We come to church many times and we'll say, Lord, touch me. Sing that good song so I can feel your touch. Preacher, preach something good so I can feel your touch. Why don't you quit waiting for Jesus to touch you and you touch him? How about that? How about we quit coming to church and, and, and want to get our ears tickled? How about we quit coming to church and, and feel like we want, to, we want to leave on a spiritual high because the preacher said something or the, or the singer sung something that made us feel good and we just go and touch Jesus? I don't care if the preacher preached bad. I don't care if the singer sang bad. I don't care if the music was horrible and everything didn't work right in the church. But at least we come to touch him. Hallelujah. And I promise you when we come to touch the Lord, it don't matter how bad things is going, we're going to leave on a spiritual high. Boy, that singer was singing good. That preacher was clicking on all eight cylinder, 12, whatever cylinders it is. He was doing good. It could have been awful. But to them it was everything. Why? Because they've chosen not to be touched, but to touch the master. Amen. And when we touch the master, and we've come to understand that, it don't matter what's going on all around us. It don't matter what our peers is doing. It don't matter what mom and daddy's doing. It don't matter what wife or husband doing we're here God to touch you and we're going to touch you hallelujah hallelujah she was delivered immediately 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 see one day one day Jesus is going to come the Bible says and immediately we're going to be changed in the twinkling of an eye hallelujah in the twinkling of an eye he will, he will rapture the church, his family, to be in heaven with him for all eternity. By the same token, those who are left behind will immediately, listen, will immediately be condemned in their sin because they've not trusted the Lord as their Savior. By the same token, you can immediately be saved here today. All you got to do is just ask Jesus in your life. Ask Jesus in your heart. Come to the, come to the Lord in repentance. This woman here. With the issue of blood, this woman was determined to do something about her condition. 
She was desperate. Most, most would have given up years and dollars ago. No one would have blamed her for saying, I just can't trust anybody anymore. I've been, I've been abused by them. I, they're not helping me. I just simply give up. But she did not give up. She did not give up. Jesus has never given up on you. He's never given up on me. You are here this morning. Jesus is here this morning. And what Jesus did for her some over 2,000 years ago, he can do the same thing here for you and I again today. She was immediately delivered. Amen. She was delivered. And when she, when she touched the hem of his garment, Brother Ray, I mean, she had a discovery in her life. She knew, she knew hey, I'm, something's different about me. I've changed. I mean, I've changed immediately, immediately. He wasn't because of any pain that Jesus felt go out of his body. That's not what we're talking about. But because of the joy that it gave him, he understood that somebody was saved. Somebody was delivered. Somebody was set free. Somebody was healed. And then this woman come and touch the hem of his garment. He knew that power had gone out from him. He knew that something, somebody had done something. I mean, everybody else was all around him. There were people just all around Jesus touching him and elbow and all that kind of stuff. But when that lady touched the hem of his garment, he knew. He knew. Hallelujah. Can I tell you, Jesus delights in blessing you. He delights in touching you. All you got to do is bring him your sin, bring him your problems, bring him your heartache, bring him your fears, bring him your doubts, all of those things. If every lost sinner and every burdened heart just touched Jesus at one time, can I, can I tell you also that if you touched him, if we all touched him at the same time, that would not diminish his power. Hallelujah. He's still got the same power to touch you if you've not touched him. He's still got the same power to touch you next week. He's still got the same power to touch you next year. He's Jesus. He's God. He's Father. He's got power to meet your every need today. Amen. Hallelujah. And when this woman touched Jesus, this woman touched Jesus, he, he simply says, Lord, who, who, t- who touched me? Who touched me? Who touched my clothes? Now, that was sort of a weird question to me because don't you think Jesus already knew who touched him? He knows all things. He knew who touched him. But he didn't do it for, for him or for her. He'd done it for the crowd. Who touched me? Some of the disciples got to the Lord. It could have been anybody. I mean, there's hundreds of people all around here rushing up beside of you. And how can we know that which one you're talking about? But it wasn't just any touch. That he was talking about. That Jesus felt. It wasn't just any touch. It was a touch of faith. Hallelujah. It didn't matter where contact was made. He could have made him. He could have touched his ankle. He could have touched his little toe. He could have touched his little pinky. It didn't matter. The contact was not important. The power to heal was in the Lord Jesus Christ. And not in the touch. There's only one in that crowd that had focused their faith on the Lord Jesus. And now Jesus was focusing all the faith that he had on this one little lady. Who was a nobody that was sick for 12 years. She just reached up and touched the hem of his garment. And power left him. And healing entered this lady. Now you can imagine when Jesus turned around and said, Who touched me? This little lady, to her dread, she said, Oh Lord, I'm going to have to be, everybody knows me. I, they, they know I'm not part of the, I'm not part of the in crowd. I'm going to I'm gonna have to let him know. And you can imagine how she felt. She didn't even want to say anything like that. But Jesus looked at her and you can imagine her heart begin to fear. And she, may have, she may have thought, well, Jesus, maybe... He's going to scold me for defiling me or for touching him or all of those things. But that's not what the Lord is wanting to do. Maybe she thought that Jesus would, would take back the miracle. But that's, that's not what Jesus wanted to do. Maybe she, she stole this healing and, and Jesus would be pleased with her. And that, but that's not at all what Jesus wanted to do. When Jesus 
asked that question, who touched me? She fell down at his feet and told him everything, told him about the, the problem and all of those things, her attempt for cure, and about how she tried everything and everybody else first. And then she told him, that I just, I just had to come and touch you. I knew you was coming this way, and, and Lord, I'm coming to you. You see, the problem is Jesus knows those things already, but he wants to hear that from us. And listen to me, church, whoever you may be in this house today, or whatever you may be going through today, everybody else may have deserted you. But Jesus has not deserted you. You may have talked to everybody about your situation, about your problem, but you're seemingly, you, you, nobody seems to listen. I want to tell you something, Jesus is listening. He's not, he's not closed the ear to you today. Don't stop asking. Don't stop coming to the Lord. Keep talking to Jesus. Amen. And she talked to him. Jesus wants to hear it from your lips. You may have disease this morning. If you're lost... You have a disease called sin that defiles your body. Isaiah 64 and 6 says, But all we are like an unclean thing, and all of our righteousness are like filthy rags. And with her infirmity, she was familiar with filthy rags. She understood that. She could identify with the filthiness before the, a holy God. And we like to give grand titles many times to our sin and, and before the face of God, but it's just sin to the Lord. It defiles us. It keeps us separated from the Lord. Jesus said in John 6 and 37, All that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. Hallelujah. You may be here today and say, Well, he ain't going to listen to me. That scripture proves you wrong today. It proves you wrong. He's not going to cast you out today. Amen. Come to Jesus. Tell him the whole truth. You may be suffering in this place this morning. Maybe suffering from your sinful past. And you're in need of forgiveness or healing today. 1 John 1 and 9 says, If you confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Come to the Lord. Tell him the truth. Tell him everything about your life. You may be here today and you feel like I'm a, I'm a complete failure. Maybe you, you failed God. Maybe you failed a living a Christian life and all of your secret sins are committed in the, uh, to the face of the Lord. And, and maybe nobody else knows about it, but you know the Lord knows about it. And you've got nothing to hide from him. But can I tell you, come to the Lord this morning. Open up your heart. Open up your life to the Lord. He can take those secret sins. He can take that defilement. He can take that junk in your life and wipe it all away hallelujah hallelujah thank you jesus for that Amen. and up to this point she'd never spoken a word but she couldn't hide from the crowd at that point who touched me who touched me who touched me now i want you to notice something i'm fixing the clothes but i want you to notice something up to this point she'd never spoken a word now she can no longer hide in the crowd if the story if this story had stopped in, 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 in Mark chapter 5 at verse 29, she would have walked away. Listen, now hear me, don't miss this. She would have walked away healed, but not whole. She would have been delivered, but she would not have been made whole. Why you say that, Pastor? That describes us many times. Healed, but not whole. That describes us many times. We may be all right, but we still have problems that we have to deal with. About to get interesting right now. We may be living for the Lord, but, but we're still putting up with junk. We can't seem to get over that mountain, that temptation that the devil keeps coming and, and haunting us with. I will tell you, you can defeat the enemy. Oh, yes, you can. You can defeat him. You can resist him. But in your situation, you may be healed. You may be living right and all that stuff. But it's a struggle for you day in and day out. Hello, somebody. 
It's a struggle for you. I can't ever get victory over this thing. I'm depressed all the time. I'm oppressed all the time. I can't, I can't get a complete healing and a complete victory. I can't be a complete in liberality or freedom today because of all the stuff. Hmm. You may be like this little lady. You're healed, but you're not whole. You're not whole. Jesus doesn't need silent Christians. You might sing the songs, you may pray the prayers, you may read along in the Bible, but when you leave and go home, you go home unchanged. And when you take your issues with you, because you never connected with the Lord, you're just one in the crowd. Hmm. You're one in the crowd. You say, well, pastor, then why do we need to speak out? Jesus says, who touched me? Why did this little lady need to speak it out at all? Why does she need to speak out? Can I tell you a few things? She needed to speak out for the glory of God. Amen. If a neighbor does something nice for you, don't you want to praise him for what he's done? Does Jesus deserve any less? Should you rob God of the glory that is due him? It's time for you and I to speak out and say amen once in a while. It's time for us to say hallelujah once in a while. To praise God for his goodness. To give God praise for his grace and mercy that he's given you. It's time for you to, for to speak out for the glory of God. Amen. The other thing is this, you need to speak out for the good of Jairus. What are you talking about? You ain't even talking about Jairus today. That's the way the story started, but you're not dealing with Think about this. You need to speak out for the good of Jairus, of those that may be around you. Jairus needed his faith resurrected a little bit. He needed his faith strengthened a little bit. He needed his faith to arise a little bit. He needed to be encouraged. And Jairus is soon going to to hear that his daughter has died. And Jesus tells, do not be afraid. Just believe. And when Jairus saw this happen to this woman, don't you understand that this would have given Jairus the faith that he needed? Hallelujah. If the Lord could touch this lady with this issue of blood, he's the same God that can touch this woman or my little daughter in in her sickness. Amen. Oh, yeah. If God can touch you, he can touch me. If God can touch me, he can touch you. Hallelujah. He's no respecter of persons. Hallelujah. In here in the house this morning. Amen. For 12 years, she was healed. This gave him hope. What if every Christian was like you? What if every Christian was a silent Christian? They need to hear of what Jesus has done in your life. Hey, why don't you every now and then, why don't you just testify? (laughs) Testify a little bit. Tell about the goodness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, can I come up to you? Let me, let's have lunch one day. I don't know what you're going through, but I just wanted to tell somebody. I was sick. I was dying. But about, about two weeks ago, I was in church, and God touched me, and he healed my life. I went back to the doctor. They can't find nothing. I'm just going to tell somebody and testify of the goodness of Almighty God. Hey, can I just get along with somebody say, about three years ago, my marriage was, I'm not talking necessarily about me. At least I hope I'm not anyway. But I'm just, I'm just giving you examples here. About three years ago, my marriage was, was on the rocks, but I went to church one Sunday morning, and the preacher preached this, or the prayer prayed this, and I don't know exactly when it happened, but I know that God touched my life and touched my wife or my husband's life, and now our marriage is restored, and if he can do it for me, he can do it for you too. Can I tell you, he's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> Hallelujah. We need to speak out. Sometimes we need to speak out for the, good, for, good, for the good of our own, to build our faith. Without the assurance that Jesus gives her in, 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 in Mark 5 and 34, she would, she would have left him in doubts. She would have considered herself a second-class Christian, if you will, because she had never experienced a personal 
one-on-one, face-to-face meeting with the Lord. But so for the good of her own, she spoke out. Not only that, she spoke out for the good of others as well. I mean, God felt, he, he felt this experience was, was, was important enough to include it in all three of the Gospels. She heard about Jesus, and now her story is told to others so that you too can hear about this little woman with no name. She just had a problem. She had an issue of blood. Maybe you're afraid of, to publicly confess your faith in the Lord and be baptized. Maybe, maybe you're afraid to come forward during the invitation and confess your need to Christ. Maybe you're afraid to come forward and, and unite with the church and, and unite with brothers and sisters. Maybe you're afraid to, to shout amen when your heart is blessed. Maybe you're afraid to, to come to the altar and pray. But this woman was weak. She was sick. She was unclean. She was common. But in 1 Corinthians 1 and 26, the Bible says, For you see your calling, brethren, not, not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things that are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen. And the things which are not to bring nothing to the things that are, that no flesh should glory in His presence. But of Him you are in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Who became for us wisdom for God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption that as it is written he who glories let him glory in the Lord why don't you just take a little time out this morning and lift your hands in glory in the Lord for what he's done for you in the past and what he's doing for you now and what he's going to do for you in the future thank God that he's touched you thank God that he's brought you out thank God that he saved you thank God that he set you free thank God that he's liberated you thank God that he's delivered you of cancer thank God that he's delivered you of some other kind of sickness thank Thank God that he's a God that understands and cares about our needs. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And in closing this morning, deep down, you may want to be like this woman who reached out and touched him and was forever changed. What made her different? What did she do that no one else there that day in the crowd did? How how was this, this woman different? I want you to notice her dedication this morning. When she reached out and touched him, the Bible says she was immediately healed and she was whole. Jesus turned to her and she made this statement. He called her daughter. He called her daughter. As far as I know, this is the only place in Scripture where Jesus calls somebody a daughter. The only place. He called her daughter and right now, at this point, There's a new relationship that had begun. There's a relationship. There's a new family member. From an outcast, from someone unclean, now she's a daughter. Hallelujah. She's a daughter. Jesus tells her, hey, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Your faith has made you well. And after 12 years... When her faith in the medical system had failed her, her faith in Jesus made her well. Your faith has made you well. She wasn't just healed. She was made whole. Hallelujah. Reach out and touch him. Reach out and touch him. 
He'll heal you of your disease of sin. He'll, he'll make you whole today. He'll open up your eyes to the power of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. He will satisfy your thirsty soul. Just put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ today and reach out and touch the hem of His garment today. And He told her, Hey, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Go in peace. You know what that talked about? Her disease would bother her no more. She was healed. No more would that disease bother her. You will have no peace. Listen to me, church. You'll have no peace in your life until you connect with the Lord Jesus Christ. You won't. You'll not experience inner peace until you come to the Lord Jesus Christ with an outward confession and a praise. I don't care who you may be. Pastor, I've been in the church all my life. I don't care who you are. Until you connect with the Lord. On a personal relationship, (laughs) you won't have peace. You won't have peace. Both the musicians, they will come. Reach out and touch him. Maybe that's all Jesus wants you to do here this morning, is just reach out and touch him. After all, he's been reaching out to you for a long time. Fellowship. According to Revelation 3 and 20, says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come in to him and dine with him and he with me. He wants fellowship with you. He's been reaching out to you. He wants to give you rest. According to Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, says, Come to me, all who are labor and heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. He wants to give you rest. He wants to give you salvation this morning, whoever you may be. John 5, 40 says, but you are not willing to come to me that you, may, that, 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 you're, that you may have life. He wants you to come, in other words. He wants you to come. Jesus is reaching out to you. He's reaching out to you. Right now, he's reaching out to you. He's reaching out to your issues. He's reaching out to your needs. He's reaching out to your heartaches. He's reaching out to your pain. Don't get lost in the crowd. There are some of you sitting on the sound of my voice today that you need to understand how important your your tongue is. You have power in your words. There's power in your words. Let me give you an example. If I go around all the time saying I'm sick, I'm going to be sick. There may not be nothing wrong with me, but in my mind, I'm sick. A few years ago, I spoke at Armour Rail Baccalart Service, and I talked about a story about this guy that was working in, in, this, in this plant. And in this plant, there was coolers that they, had, they kept frozen foods and things like that, different, different items in this, in this cooler. One of the coolers, Brother Sam, was broke. Didn't work. It was unplugged. Nothing, nothing was happening in this cooler. But somebody told that guy as a joke. Said, don't go in there and lock the door because that cooler is still working and there's no, you can't get out from the inside. Don't go in there. Well, he messed around and got in there anyway, Brother Larry, and the door shut on him, and this was after hours and nobody was, was there. True story, true story. They said the next morning when they found him, he was dead. And he died because he, he froze to death. In his mind, he froze to death. Now, I don't know how that, I don't know how to explain that scientifically or, or, or a physical. I don't, I don't understand that. You doctors, nurses, you have, you have, but that's what the story said. And he literally froze because in his mind, that's what he believed, that there, that there was a cooler that was working and he couldn't get out of it. And he literally froze to death that night with a cooler that was not working at all. 
because of his mind. You have power in your words. Don't you dare run around and say I'm sick all the time when you ain't sick. Just get, just get self-pity somewhere. Don't, don't run around saying you're, you're depressed or you're oppressed when, when the Lord is on your side. You've got, you've got power. You've got strength to overcome him. Amen. I understand those are sicknesses. I understand you, you go through. I, I, I get that. I, I get it. But I want to tell you something. Jesus is here to meet your need. He's died for that kind of stuff. He died for you. He died for you. You can, have, you can be free today. He wants to touch you. Just reach out and touch him today. Oh, Pastor, that's easier said than done. I understand that too. You ain't telling me nothing I don't know. But this is what I know. I know in faith, Brother Reigns, I've got to hold on to the promise. I've got to hold on to the promise. I've got to stand firm on the word of God. Amen. And he's reaching out to you. Touch his comfort. Touch his joy. Touch his strength. Touch his power. Don't miss the touch of Jesus in your life. It's time for you, child of God, and the church of God to rise up. Because we are the ones to win this generation to Jesus Christ. I know you've been going through some something, but rise up anyway. I know you've been going through stuff, but rise up anyway. I know your family's in shambles, but rise up anyway. I know you're sick, but rise up anyway. I know you've got things you're carrying around, and they're heavy, and it's a load, but rise up anyway. Don't stay in that low depression state that you're in. I was so blessed this past few weeks ago at General Assembly when Samuel Rodriguez, one of the, one of the speakers that one night, some of you may have watched it, you may remember what he said. He preached along the same line, and he made this statement. Those of you that's in this church, I want to talk to you. You're, you're here this morning so that you can touch others younger than you and those that's outside this church. I want you to think about this. I never thought about this, this before until he said it. This generation, this generation must touch others behind. Behind you. Behind you. Notice, Jesus, Jesus allowed the woman to touch him so that he could touch the other generation. Hallelujah. He was going to touch a little girl. Younger generation. Older woman up here, she was sick. But he allowed this older woman to touch him. And power and strength went out of her. Don't you imagine the next day she went around town telling everybody, Hey, look at me. I'm clean. Hey, look at me. I'm whole. Hey, look at me. I want to testify to you today. I'm made whole because of the touch of the Lord Jesus Christ. She touched her next generation. And Jesus showed us in the Word that He allowed this little woman to touch her so that He could go and touch the next generation. He was in a route to touch the younger generation. But the older generation got His way. Hallelujah. I know you're going to think I'm on a rabbit track, but I don't care right now. I just want to stop when I said that. I made a statement, maybe why I made that statement earlier this morning, about don't you dare come to church and drop your kids off and go shopping. What, what, what are you teaching them? What are you teaching them? What are you showing them? Is that, is that touching the next generation? Because all you're doing is showing them and letting them know church is not important. The Word of God is not important. Preacher, you're getting hard right now, so be it. It's the only thing that's going to help us today. It's the only thing that's going to help us. What you teach your children, you may not have to say it with your mouth, but your action says a lot of things. Amen. It says a lot of things. You've got to touch the next generation. Touch the next generation. Hallelujah. There is nothing more important than following the voice of Almighty God. There is nothing more important than listening to the voice of Almighty God. There is nothing more important than while you're here this morning is simply to reach out and touch the Master. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. She had the audacity, this lady, 
She had the audacity to come and touch him. But she got her healing. <laughs> she got her healing. If you, plan on, if you plan on touching this generation for Christ, you better touch him. You better touch him. I want you to bow your heads with me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.